me, care for me. You said you care for me, there for me, there for me. You said you'll be there for me, cry for me, cry for me. You said you die for me, give to me, give to me. Why won't you live for me, care for me, care for me? You said you care for me, there for me, there for me. Said you'll be there for me, cry for me, cry for me. You said you die for me, give to me, give to me. Why won't you live for me? Welcome to the Rosie Experience, y'all. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Let me repeat that. Life is like a box of chocolates, y'all. You never know what you're going to get. Now, y'all might hear a little bit of noise in the back because I'm making myself a baked potato. But listen, God gave me a message for y'all today, and I'm definitely going to share that message. Today is my 31st birthday. So I have been amongst the living for 31 years and I, and I owe nobody but the Lord praise for that. Thank you in advance, God, for the things that you have done in my life and for the things that you are doing in my life. I praise your name in all areas of my life, in all aspects of my brain. Thank you for everything that you have uplifted in me. <laughs> Thank you for everything that you have given me in the spirit and in the natural God. Thank you for my five beautiful children, four that I actually birthed and the one that I was actually um, given by you, God. I love everybody in the world. I love everybody. There is not one person that God created that I do not love. And get this, even the people who hate me, I love them. And I actually put them on the altar every single day because I do know that that is the spirit of the devil within them and it is not them. I don't hold anybody to any standards that God does not hold them to. So even though people do sin and people do fail you, I sin and I fail people too. So I don't feel like I'm better than anybody. I know that we are all growing every single day. Some of us know God. Some of us are getting to know God and some of us don't believe in God. But at the end of the day, God is. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So whether or not we seek him does not change the fact that he already knows how our life is going to go. How our life began and how our life is going to end. He already knows that. So let me dive into this real quick, y'all. I was just sitting here thinking about my life and about the fact that God has put it in my spirit to start writing a book about my life. So I've already came up with the name. I already got an idea for the cover art. I just have to get the artist that I want to do it for me. I know he's not going to be cheap. I used to go to school with him in Southeast. His name is Devontae Anderson, and he is one of the coldest, dopest artists I know. And he does tattoos on celebrities and all. So I know i got to come with it when I'm ready for him. I'm not ready for that yet. But that's who I want to do my cover art. And I have been reflecting on my life in ways that I didn't even think I needed to reflect on my life. Because ever since I gave my life to Jesus Christ last April in 2022 I have been working through so many things that God has showed me needed to be worked through childhood trauma relationship trauma um, sibling trauma friendship trauma and then also just um, not being self-aware not being aware of the way that I present myself in situations and in relationships and the way that I come off to certain people like there was a lot about myself that I was blind to and God has been revealing all of those things to me. And I'm so grateful and thankful that he gave me this time to be able to reflect on myself. Because I realize now, through all the arguments that I've avoided from people who don't understand me, that I didn't used to avoid arguments. I used to always be confused. Why am I always arguing with my siblings? Why am I always arguing with my mother? Why can I not stand to even look at my father, let alone talk to him? 
Why do I feel this? Why do I feel that? And in my head, it was always, well, because this person did this to me. This person treats me this way. But in all actuality, I had so much built up hatred that I didn't even realize I had in my heart. I was holding them to standards that they didn't even know I was holding them to. I was holding things against them that they don't even remember doing or saying to me. So I had to search my heart and see, Rosemary, where is this coming from? Why are you always so angry? Why are you always so hurt? And what I actually wound up coming to terms was I was in an abusive relationship and I was expecting my family to realize how hurt I was and how scared I was and all the things that were going on in my life, but I wasn't opening my mouth to tell them. So how are they supposed to know that I feel like a prisoner in my own home when every time I come around them, I'm arguing with them because I feel like they did me wrong or they said something wrong to me when in all actuality they didn't realize that the way that they would joke with me or the things that they would say to me about being absent all the time was actually triggering me because of the way I was being talked to and abused at home they didn't know that so in their head they're just like oh Rosemary's tripping again not knowing that Rosemary is actually being triggered again Rosemary has post-traumatic stress disorder Rosemary is being actively abused in her own home every single day. Rosemary is afraid to tell anybody what's going on because she's being threatened to be killed. Rosemary this, Rosemary, they don't know this. All they know is, well, if we invite Rosemary over, it's probably going to end in an argument or she's probably going to rush to leave because she's tired of listening to us and we don't even know what she's tired of. Like, that's what it was. So hurt people hurt people. I come from a family full of lovers. We are all very loving we're all very transparent as well. We don't have any problem telling the truth. So if somebody feels a certain way about you, you're going to know they feel that way about you. On my mom's side and my dad's side, none of us are scared to tell people how we feel. So me being in relationships with people who has like family who are very fake, who will smile in your face and then once you walk out the room, talk about you. That's not the way that I grew up. I grew up with people, if they have a problem with you, they're going to tell you directly what their problem is, why they have the problem, how long they've had the problem, et cetera, et cetera. But man, when I tell you that through my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriend, I saw some things in those families. I saw some things in those families that really enlightened me to the way that people actually are. So it started to make me reevaluate my family and to think, okay, well, maybe my family is talking about me like this when I leave. Well, in all actuality, I grew up with that family, so I know that they always had the heart to serve and to love each other. I know that they have always wanted to know what was going on with their siblings because we love each other that much that we actually care what's going on in each other's lives. So being around people who don't actually care what's going on in their family members' lives, it tainted my view of what family was, and I started to project that onto my family. I started to think that my family was making certain jokes or um, inviting me certain places just because they wanted to taunt me. When in all actuality, they didn't even know that I had these things going on in my house. So they were not trying to taunt me. They were just trying to treat me the way that we have always treated each other. Very joking, but loving. Very funny, but loving. Um, that's just always been us. So I had to, I had to go back and review myself. And review the way that I was coming off to people because I was damaging people. I remember, oh my goodness, I remember my mom. Ooh, and this lady, she ain't never, she ain't never purposely hurt anybody. Never. My mom, she has a history of abuse herself. And I remember one time after I had just had my son. So this would have to be in 2020 or 2021. And uh, anyways. I'm at her house. We're having a discussion. She brings up my baby daddy 
and she like makes a joke about him because my mom didn't like him ever since he broke my jaw. She didn't know I was being actively abused because when he broke my jaw, first I lied to her and said that I got my face slammed in the car door on accident. Then I was like, okay, that don't make sense. So I finally told her, yeah, he punched me one time in the face, but he didn't mean to. I don't know. The way that I explained it, she felt like I just wanted to stay with him so she wasn't going to interject. But in all actuality, he would always tell me he was going to break my other jaw or he was going to kill me if I told people about it. So that's why I never told her the true story. So anyways, I'm at her house. She says something, some type of joke about him. But she was literally just joking. And I immediately went into defense mode and I'm like, I'm ready to leave. So I'm trying to leave. And this was back when my mom used to drink. My mom has been sober from alcohol for over three years. But back then she was a drinker, a heavy drinker. So I'm trying to leave. And she's like blocking me from leaving. And so I set my baby down and got into a stance like I was about to fight. And Lord, oh Lord Jesus, I've never hit my mom. We've never gone to blows at all. I've never even cussed at my mom. But I was ready to fight her because in my head, she was about to hit me. And it was going to be me or her. And my mom broke down. And she's like, did you think I was about to hit you while you're holding my grandson? Did you really think that I was about to hit you? And she, like, was trying to reevaluate herself. She didn't understand why I thought that our argument was going to make her want to hit me. And I didn't evaluate it. But now, now me being sober from alcohol and weed for over a year and me being free from abuse for over two years, now I'm looking back and I'm like, man, I projected that onto my mom. I was so used to if my ex-boyfriend disagreed with me, he would hit me. If my ex-boyfriend's mom disagreed with me, she would threaten to hit me. She never hit me, but she threatened me. Um, I was so used to being taunted. I was so used to being devalued. I was so used to being crapped on every single day that I projected that onto my mother. And I made my mother think that I thought that she was going to hit me while I was holding my newborn baby. So that shows you how trauma can actually cause you to inflict trauma and pain on other people. Because I know my mother. I know my mother has always been the one who protects children. I have a sister who um, has been going through a lot her whole life. And she has three children. And I was always the one to step in and help with all of her children. But my mom also helped sometimes. So... And then my mom has 20 grandkids and she's always been the one who will financially help with her grandkids if she needs to. My father's never done that. So, well, I don't want to say never because he has let people live with him before. It's just a lot of stipulations that comes with living with my dad. But with my mom, there's no stipulations. You're completely free to do whatever. She just makes sure that you're respectful in her house. Like no cussing, no drinking, no smoking, basically. Um, And no fighting. But I just realized that... (laughs) I used to project the things that were happening in my home onto my family as though they were going to do it to me too. And so now that I'm 31 and I left my abusive relationship when I was 29. Well, let me say I left my second abusive relationship when I was 29. I left my first abusive relationship when I was 25. So now that I am actually healing Because last time I left my relationship, I got into another one. And that one wound up being abusive too. So I'm not jumping into another relationship. I am just healing. And that's it. Just healing. Um, I'm realizing that I was always so easy to be abused because of my innocence. I've always had a childlike innocence. I decided not to date my whole childhood, my whole... uh, um, teenage years I was 19 before I got my first boyfriend I actually started dating him a month before I turned 20 now 
we wound up getting married and I wound up staying with him for almost seven years, but that whole relationship was toxic. It was abusive, all of that, but he was a very good uncle to our nephews and nieces. Um, he has a lot, I have a lot. We Together we probably got about 50 nephews and nieces. So there's so many things that we were doing for each other spiritually that I thought was good, but in all actuality, we were just bonded by trauma. We had a trauma bond. So even though he was abusive and he was a cheater um, and a liar and all these things, the things that we did attract to each other by and the things that we did relate to made me feel like it was perfect. So I didn't want to leave him until I had my daughter. Um, we had four miscarriages, but in 2017, I finally had my daughter and he never stopped cheating. So I gave it about four months and then I called it quits with him. I started dating someone else and he finds out about it and tries to kill me. So after that situation transpired, I went to a DV shelter for about four months, but I was only at the shelter to get a new house and to stay away from him. I was not at the shelter um, to heal. I wasn't going to therapy. I wasn't going to none of the classes they wanted me to go to. So by the time I get out the shelter, I'm already pregnant with my daughter from my next boyfriend. And my next boyfriend turned out to be abusive. He breaks my jaw within a year of us being together and it just kind of went like that. So I allowed trauma to cause me to continue to traumatize myself. I never seek for any sort of guidance or assistance. Anytime someone tried to help me, I would get mad at them because I wanted to just deal with it myself. But the whole time I needed God and I could have reached out to godly people. I have so many people on my mom's side of the family who are extremely godly. There's some people on my dad's side too um, that know the Bible inside and out, who know God inside and out, who could have led me to the kingdom, who could have led me to true peace but I didn't understand how deep spiritual warfare went. I didn't understand that the Sada Baby and all the other rappers and singers that I was listening to who were continuously talking about trauma, 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 trauma in my ear all day were the soundtrack to my uh, demise. I didn't realize that. But when I finally moved out of town because my ex-boyfriend broke my ribs two months after we had our last baby, when I finally moved out of town, I told God I'd give myself away so you can use me. I would cry to him every day when I was in that shelter. Uh, cried every single day to tell him how I was ready for him to use me. But I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand that meant I needed to let go of the weed and the alcohol. I didn't understand that that meant that I needed to let go of those bisexual demons that were telling me that I needed to be with a woman because men were just not for me. I didn't know that me telling God that I was giving myself to him was me telling God to send an apostle my way. I didn't know that. So when I had a cousin named Zaretta Young, Apostle Z, who approached me um, after I got in the shelter and told me that basically she was going to help me through my spiritual journey, I didn't understand what she was talking about. I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I gave my life to God. I'm good. But I didn't realize that these hour, hour, two hour, three hour, four hour long talks that we were having at the park and at the museum and on the phone was her digging into my life so that she could put the puzzle pieces together and show me what needed to be fixed and what needed to be done. We were having so many talks and I thought we were just talking. And then when she would bring up what we talked about to me, I felt betrayed. I felt offended. Like, why are you bringing that up to me? So I would stop talking to her for weeks at a time because I'm like, you're constantly throwing stuff in my face. That's not what I'm talking to you for. It wasn't until I almost wound up in another abusive situation where I was like, okay, I do need to talk to you because she wound up coming to my rescue and I needed her. And I realized how much I needed her and I realized that God sent her and then I was able to actually submit.
And that's when I finally gave my life to Christ. Because at first I told God I gave him my life, but I didn't get baptized. But I wound up getting baptized in uh, April of last year. And after that, I quit drinking and smoking actually a week before I got baptized. Um, I stopped speaking to the girl that I was talking to and I completely lost all of my bisexual identity. I actually didn't even, I wasn't even interested in women anymore after I got baptized, honestly. Um, I changed everything about myself. I allowed God to renew me. Now, does that mean I was perfect? No, because I did have a few one night stands. I did have a four to five week relationship that didn't work out after this happened. So even though I gave my life to God, I still had things I needed to fix on me. I just was ready for whatever. So when I would get depressed and feel like I needed a blunt instead of getting a blunt, I would call Apostle Z and talk to her about it. And when I felt like I needed this or I needed that, I would call her. And calling her so much was like a security blanket for me. So when she started um, back on her business, because she's an entrepreneur, she actually has a lot of different things that she does. She has two different businesses. When she started back on her journey, because she was in a hiatus for about almost 10 years before I moved down here. And I didn't know that she was in a hiatus. I didn't know anything about her. All I knew is we were cousins. But um, she got out of her um hiatus she stopped being so readily available I started to realize how much I depended on her um depended on her talks like I never asked her for money or nothing like that like we've helped each other um but the way that she's helped me has been majority spiritually um we've both helped each other in a lot of ways though so with that being said I realized that God sent her to help me I realized that God sent her to show me me because I've always been the sister, the cousin, the friend, the daughter that everyone just spills all of their information on and just vomits all of their trauma on. And I used to internalize their trauma and feel like it was mine and try to fix it. But she actually taught me how to listen to their trauma, put the puzzle pieces together and not internalize it. And I thank her so much for that because God gave me so many gifts. I know God chose me to help people. God chose me. I'm a visionary. There's so many things God has instilled in me. And she actually helped me to see me. I also joined the Single Mom KC. Um, it's a group, a nonprofit group that was designed specifically for single mothers. Now, I went to a domestic violence shelter here. And the domestic violence shelter was helping me out with so many things. And they wound up telling me about the single mom KC who helps out with clothes. So I'm like, okay, cool. After I got clothes, I told them, you know, I'm a public speaker. I'm an actress. I'm a, a poet. I'm a hairstylist. I'm telling them all these things about me. And they're like, well, you can serve in our community, but you got to start coming to our groups. I'm like, okay, sure. I can come to a group. I went to Pursuit one time and got hooked. And so Pursuit happens once a month. They send in guest speakers to help us spiritually. It's Christ-based. It's spiritual-based, biblically-based. So there's so many of God's women that are a part of this program. I know that this was sent to me from God. And then I also found a church called um, Flourishing Families Ministry. And Pastor Jay and Dr. A are the pastors of over there. And they are actually identical to the way that Z has taught me to be. Um, they actually know her and they, their teachings are completely biblical. They're teaching people how to be real Christians, not baby Christians, not uh, fan Christians, but actual Christians. And I love it. So 
I just recently joined the congregation. I went through their uh, training called New Home Path, and I am now an official member there. So I've never joined a church before. I've went to church multiple times as an adult. When I was a kid, we only went on holidays. But as an adult, I've been to church so many times, but I always wind up finding so many flaws in the church that I feel it's better to just worship God at home. But now I'm actually enjoying this congregation. Is everybody there perfect? No. But the fact that the pastor and his wife are always there for you and they they are not the type to sugarcoat anything. They're straight up blunt and honest with you. And that's what I need. Like, I don't need somebody who try to tell me, well, it's okay if you smoke a blunt. I mean, God is not going to. No, I want you to tell me if you want to smoke a blunt, that's on you. But if you want to get into the kingdom, here's this verse right here that explains why that's not okay. Like, that's what I want. And that's what they do. Um, I don't know. I just love everything about my life right now. I don't financially have everything together, but mentally I am so grown. I'm not completely grown to the fact that I don't need any more assistance because I am open to help now. I grew up in a home where my mom would always tell us not to ask for help. First of all, you don't talk to the white people about nothing and by the white people. She wasn't racist. She was saying like, um, the DCF or, you know, the courts or anything because so many people's kids get taken. But now as an adult, I look at it and I'm like, these people's kids are getting taken because of things that were happening in their home. They needed to be taken. Uh, my mom was not abusive at all, but my dad was. But nothing in our house warranted us needing to be taken. It was just a lot of mental abuse. And yes, my dad was physically abusive, but not to the point that we needed to be taken. But I do have cousins who were taken and also both of my, well, not both my baby daddies. My second baby daddy was taken from his home. So I've heard a lot of stories. Um, then another thing that my mom used to always tell us is not to talk to anybody about anything. Like, we don't need friends. We got enough siblings. We got all of us siblings. We don't need friends. We can just talk to our parents and to our siblings. But that is traumatic to put on a child, to make them feel like they can't trust anyone. Because at the end of the day, we're supposed to trust but it's just we need to be able to use our spiritual discernment to be able to tell when someone's being led by God or the devil. Because if they're being led by the devil, we don't need to trust them. But God has enough angels out here on this earth that we can trust people. We're actually supposed to have camaraderie with people. That's how we get through life. Nobody can start a business or a family without trusting someone or without getting assistance from someone. We need people. God created so many people so we could use each other, so that we could help each other, so that we can be there for each other. So I'm now at 31 at a point where I actually seek God's people to be in my life. I'm not afraid to have people of all shapes, sizes, and colors in my life because I know that without those people, I would just be walking this earth alone. And God put his spirit in all of us so we can glean from everyone. We can hear from God by talking to people. That's how we hear from God. Yes, he comes to us in dreams. Yes, he comes to us just in our head. But God also talks to us through people. And if we're not talking to people, we will never hear God. So I just thank him for all those revelations. And at 31, I would just like to say, thank you, Lord, for peace and serenity. God, I'm able to go to sleep and wake up when I choose to. God, I'm able to sleep peacefully throughout the night without getting woken up for sex or to get smacked up because I said something earlier in the day that he didn't like. Lord, I thank you. I don't have to smell cigarettes all day and weed all day because he would smoke with the windows rolled, with the windows down 
in the house. Me and the kids constantly coughing, constantly sick because all he wanted to do was pollute the air. I would tell him to go smoke outside. He didn't want to. So, Lord, I thank you that me and my kids can breathe in fresh air. I don't even take that for granted. We have fresh air in our house every day. Nobody's smoking in here. God, I thank you for everything that you are doing for my children, for them growing up in a healthy environment, for them going to a healthy daycare that's teaching them about you, Lord, for them being able to come with me to all of the Christian groups that I am a part of, for them to be able to be loved on by Christian women and men who love children. God, I thank you for for being my safeguard. I thank you for sending safeguards like my mother who got me out of my marriage and my ex-boyfriend who were extremely abusive. When I finally told her what was happening, she got me out that day, both times. And I thank you for giving my mom the strength that I didn't have. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Zaretta Young and for giving her the strength that I didn't have. I thank you for Helena, her sister, who let me and my kids stay with her for about two weeks when we first moved down here before we got into a shelter. God, I thank you for her sister, Rhonda, who has taken my kids um, to a few fun places so that they could run off some steam and so that they can have some camaraderie with their aunt. I just thank you for my friends who sent me money on Cash App to help me get on the road to get out here to Kansas City. I'm not going to say all their names because I might forget some of their names, but it was a lot of them. My friends came up with about $500 within two hours for me to get on the road and get out of town, and I thank you for that. God, I thank you for the shelter in Wichita and the shelter in Kansas City that housed me and my children while we were going through what we were going through. And that helped me with the resources that I need to be able to get out on my own and to get a house and to be okay. Lord, I thank you for my job. Yes, I'm an independent contractor, but I do work under someone's roof. And I thank you for Brittany Kimball because she is an amazing soul. She's so caring and she is such a bossy woman that she has showed me so many things about the business that I didn't even know yet. God, I thank you for all of the people that you have placed in my life and in my children's lives. And I just pray that I don't mishandle anything that you have put in me, God. I pray that this book is so good that not only Oprah reads it, but that I'm able to turn it into a movie. I am putting that out into the atmosphere. This book is going to be so good that it's going to be turned into a movie. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So thank you if you've listened to this whole thing. I'm actually going to drop a clip of my song, well, my full song called Growth. The Rosie Experience. I thank everybody for listening. This is season seven, episode two. And if you have not listened to any of my other episodes, please go back and listen. Y'all have a blessed day.
love, I was lusted for. Said you were down for me, couldn't level the score. I was giving and giving as you took and took. I laid my life in a line, I was an open book. But I realize now I was not the victim. Stuck myself in the mud, no pivotal position. Didn't love myself as much as I needed to. Didn't trust my gut, I was see-through. Giving all I had, I never needed you. It was a dark cloud, and now I'm free from you. Free from toxic beats, cause you damaged me. Free from all the hurt, cause it strengthened me. I'm no longer a damsel yet a conqueror. Cause I overcame my battles, now I'm leveling up. I'm no longer a damsel yet a conqueror. Cause I overcame my battles, now I'm leveling up.